Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Sasha. I'm Notch. And I'm Caleb. This week, who gives a shit? Liverpool won the Premier League and nothing else matters. Why are you listening to this? Don't celebrate. Don't drink a beer. Don't drink some whiskey. Get high. I don't give a fuck. No, no, don't Don't go go outside. Don't go outside. Don't go outside. Do it in your home safely. Wash your hands, all right? Never walk alone. Thirty years of pain washed away with one win for another team, and uh, Caleb is naked. He's got Jurgen Klopp's face tattooed on his face. He's got the rest of the team's faces tattooed on his chest. I don't want to talk about what's tattooed Wait, Jim, below can his. The, can they see this? Not yet. We don't do live oh, streams okay, okay. so far. Maybe soon. Now that they have something to see, look forward to. <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in the second uh, part of this this show. I had a huge power cut last night. Did you guys have a power cut yesterday? No. I mean, we had a crazy storm, but I was fine here. I, I had like a three-hour-long power cut. And it got me thinking, you know, the obvious answer is like computers or like your phone. If, you know, if... if, if your power is gone forever. Those are the things that you'll miss. But I wanted to ask you guys. If it wasn't for the... Like, no, like, phone or computer-based stuff, okay? So, like, n- none of that. If if your power was gone forever, and no video games either, what is the one thing that you would miss from electricity? Fridge uh, and freezer combo. Easily. Like, can't have cold beer, can't have cold fil- filtered water, like... What the fuck's, what's the point of living anymore? <laughs> All right, we know what Sasha's going to do in an apocalypse situation. <laughs> um, I was going to say reading at dark. You can't anymore. Got to read in the light time. There's fire, right? Yeah, Can but it's be... not really good light. Of course, you have to burn all the books. Yeah, for the light, you know? Exactly. The uh-huh. There's no wood anymore in this scenario. Aha, I see. Okay, we're also, like, depleting the earth of wood. Um, yes. All right, all right. It's something either going, like, frozen tundra or, like, Mad Max uh, uh, desert. Okay. But either, either situation, like, all what right. do you burn? That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think if, if I had to, to choose, I would go with my drill. I don't want to go back to manual tools. Like, such a pain in the ass. You go, squeak, 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 squeak. Especially like, drilling with one of those like things that looks like an egg beater. Uh, and you turn it to drill. What a pain. I guess cooking would also be really hard. Yeah. I'd, I, I would go cooking. Less so, though. Less so. Less like, so. I don't know. You can't use your oven. Can't use your stovetop. Can't use no a crockpot or instant pot. Yeah, but you fire, man. Yeah, but if, how long does it take to like figure out like, all right, the fire's at this point now. I can start cooking now. How long is that going to take? And like, you have to burn a lot of food to figure that out. Well, that's sh- why you just only eat stew. It's just a, it's just, it's, it's a diet of stew. It used to be that recipes actually weren't very precise just because they were so hard to reproduce and you just had to accept some sort of variation in your food. And you got very good at like sizing things out uh, for yourself. Oh, I never measure when I cook. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, just... as always, we want to acknowledge our patrons on Patreon. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Uh, special shout out to those of you who get extra episodes because you're either the five dollar or ten dollar tier 
you get some cool stuff from us. Uh, we have these episodes called Let's Talk About, which are us talking for 15 minutes on a top off topic of our choice choosing. Last week you heard Sasha coming to you with uh, words about uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and trying to get you an anime. This week we're going to get Caleb talking to you about the new Run the Jewels album. And then in July you'll get whole new sets of things. You also get extra in-depth discussions that are cut from We Call It Soccer. Too long to discuss. We'll see what this week's episode is. We haven't quite set the menu yet, or maybe we have. It's about how Liverpool is great. No, that that's on air, because I, I, I need... They, they, there's too much personality in that, Caleb. Like, there's too much enjoyment in that. I, I mean, why not All both? those opportunities for me to, like, talk about asterisks, like, I'm not going to put that on a Patreon episode. <laughs> uh anyway we, we will we'll, we'll come back to patreon exclusives later huh how about that but you should subscribe if you haven't already also please tell your friends about this podcast post about it on your social media post about it on reddit if you can we really appreciate getting more listeners and if if your friends need to find this podcast you can find it on apple podcast you can find it on soundcloud find podcast providers just about everywhere all right, with that, it's time for us to move into our first segment for this show, Bad Guys. Yes, yeah, segment where we discuss American soccer's bad guys, the two top divisions, MLS and NWSL, and hallelujah, we have a live soccer in the United States. This feels like deja vu, by the way. I feel like I said exactly the same thing when we had MLS starting up uh, the first time, and I'm saying it again. Hopefully there isn't a third time I have to say this stuff uh, this year. But uh, yeah, NWSL is back, y'all. Challenge Cup. Were you challenged? Did you have not a at all? I, I didn't. I didn't feel challenged. <laughs> it's pretty easy it, actually to find it on air. Yeah, yeah. yeah you mean, can just go to CBS on All Access and stream it. CBS else, give us money. If you don't want to do that, you can wait, and the, those are the replays on CBS Sports Network. Okay. Is 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 yeah, CBS yeah. all access really all access? Can you get everything? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't have it. Tasha, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of a, like a CBS newscaster. I'm like, no, I didn't have access to the wardrobe and like behind the scenes, but I can't because I don't watch the news. <laughs> it would be funny <laughs> if it was like CBS most access or like CBS some access, but it's CBS all access. You know, it's a high bar they've set for themselves. But hey, it, it carries the NWSL. It carried the first game of the NWSL Challenge Cup. We've talked about it as one of our most anticipated games on this podcast. North Carolina coverage versus the Portland Thorns. Did it live up to the expectations that you had for The second half did. <laughs> wow. I mean, we, I mean, we saw this with a lot of other soccer games that when they came back that the first half is usually dull and drab and then people... Players get their legs underneath them. They start remembering, you know, this person's going to be there when I'm over here, sort of pass them and start do more chemistry on the field. And we saw that with three goals in the second half. Um, it was kind of weird when they all put on their lab coats and started mixing solutions and the chemistry started going. I, mean, I think it was a very important uh, halftime show there when they had the, the emphasis on uh, STEM. Right, and and, yeah. and all those Bunsen burners on the pitch, it's kind of unsafe, man. I mean, it, it really beyond is. just the flame, it's like little metal tubes, you fall on them, and it's like, you know, a puncture wound right there. But no one tested positive for COVID, so really, it was pretty safe. 
that is the win there. Yeah, so I think in the first half, yeah, it was kind of weird how people were just off their game a little bit. Like, I think the one moment that, I, you know, if you watch this game, you're going to remember is that Lynn Williams was on kind of a two-on-one break, and there was a pass right there. She took the shot, goes over the bar. Um, I think that was the most clear-cut opportunity in the first half. Second half, though, North Carolina... Uh, gets the first goal with Dabinia. You heard on our NWSL preview, one of the favorite players of our guest. And uh, yeah, Dabinia making making the goal off a fantastic cross by Haley Mace. Yeah, that right-hand side of Portland's defense was kind of latched almost all day. You can see they're attached even farther and further down that side for Carolina as the game went on. And they got their first goal from that, and they would eventually get their... Second goal from that as well, from that side. Uh, Betty Sauerbrunn not really holding that spot down as well as she usually does. Yeah, the second goal by Lynn Williams, great cross by Sam Mewis on that one. I think it was Rachel who had said, you know, basically North Carolina is, they're just just too good. And this is the thing, you know, in the 94th minute, you can't count your chickens as having hatched because – they're always able to come back. 94th minute goal for North Carolina to take this game. Um, in between the two North Carolina goals, by the way, Simone Charlet in the 80th minute uh, putting in a header. Uh, not a good show by Stephanie LeBay in, in that moment where the ball goes off the bar. She's not able to keep the rebound out uh, of the goal. Uh, I think in the three games we've seen so far, goalkeepers have been a little rusty. And uh, Nair in the next game we'll see has also had a not-so-great game. So, um, I think it's it's interesting. Two things about the NWSL's production that are kind of interesting. Number one, they've got the crowd noise. Um, I don't know if you guys want to discuss that at all. I didn't really notice it until we watched the highlights for the third game on our notes, and then it got really annoying for me. Like, it just mm. seemed like dissonant and like not in tune with the game. It is kind of that, like, low buzz. It's not like the singing that you hear on some of the Bundesliga games or anything like that. It's just kind of like this low chatter. Like a, a swarm of bees were just in the stands. No, they've got woozellas! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I um, I found it to be kind of unnecessary, but it didn't, it didn't bother me personally as much. Um, it was kind of... I think the points at which you notice it are when something happens and the... Like the the person hits the like button for that, um, to like punch up so like the ball goes like little wide and the crowd goes like ooh or something like that and it's just like an overreaction. Um, the other thing that they had was they they did the thing that the Premier League is doing where they have like twelve lucky fans with a golden ticket who are on the um on the air. Shout out to uh, Vape Dude, who I think was a Portland fan? I can't remember. Of course he's a Portland fan. Come yeah, I, I can't remember which team it was. But one, of, one of the screens of fans that we saw in these games had like a dude vaping. And like the, the, the goal goes in and it's like his turn to be on the screen with all, all the like 20 other people. And he's just like mid-vape and like <laughs> the smoke pouring out of his mouth as he's trying to like celebrate. Pretty funny, in my opinion. But uh would you would y'all agree to be one of these twenty special twenty fans, if y'all had yeah. the chance? Yeah. No. Caleb, why not? So I'm gonna be streaming with uh, Dark Cloud, so I wouldn't want to have two cameras oh, on me. You know. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. 
But if you I'm weren't, just... if you weren't streaming with the Dark Clouds, uh, I probably not. I I'll just watch the game, honestly. Okay. I'm I'm gonna sell you on it, Caleb. Okay. What other opportunity do you have to put up a sign that says "Free Chacone" after someone scores? <laughs> That's a very good saying. point. But how quickly will they cut my my feed if I do that, though? They'll actually like send someone to your place to take the sign. <laughs> you have a person like holding like a gun to your head, being like, "Hold up this sign that says Chacone can play whenever he damn well wants." Caleb gets swatted because of it. Oh God. God. All right, let's move on to talking about the Chicago Red Stars versus the Washington. Oh, hey, what one uh, thing that we should mention before we move on to the next game? Uh, before this game, the national anthem being played, not count cards versus thorns. All the players on the pitch taking a knee. Uh, almost everyone on the sidelines also taking a knee. Um, Alexi Lala's taking the stupid idiotic contrarian point of view on twitter to this which was very dumb but a nice show of unity but just about everyone else on social media and in the nwsl uh, very supportive of of this action it's kind of crazy when you think back on how controversial all of this was when um i mean of course when colin kaepernick took a name but even when megan rapino did it for a national team game and the ussf just freaked out and everything went insane for a little bit and it, it's very much something that has come to be a well-respected protest with a poignant message now. Yeah, and we saw it in the next game as well, a very powerful moment between uh, Crystal Short and Julie Ertz of the Chicago Red Stars. Um, the, the pictures of that were all over social media and articles written about that as well. Um, it seems like a lot more awareness of it is getting out there and it's being accepted a lot more by the higher ups, which is good. Um, it shouldn't take them this long yeah. to be accepted by the people in charge, but I'm glad that it is now. Yeah. I think, I mean, you, you know, even beyond soccer, when you look at the polling about black lives matter and whether people understand what the protests are and whether they feel it's justified, there's been a monumental shift in public opinion i think you know you even had uh was, was it mississippi this week who, who are, are passing resolutions to change their state flag and get rid of the confederate stars and bars or whatever it's called from their um from their state flag so it, it's it's good to see um some of these demographic shifts from society reflected in what we're seeing in the screens um, the NWSL did make a change so that players now who wish to stay in the locker room for the national anthem can. I still support the idea of just not having a national anthem in, in front of non-national team games. I think it's kind of unnecessary and a little jingoistic, to be honest. It's funny, you know, we talk about this in the American context. Can I can I take a little tangent off into India for a second? Is that okay with you guys? Go for it. Yeah. Um, in India, like three years ago, like... I don't remember if it was like before Kaepernick or after. I can't remember. The chronology is all messed up in my head. But there was this like national. We, we have a Hindu nationalist government in India that got elected, I think, like five or six years ago. And they had this whole like patriotism thing that was going on where people were like being forced to stand up for attention in movie theaters for the national anthem. Like they would play the national anthem before a movie. And if you weren't like standing and enthusiastic and stuff, like people had like. They, they, there was a famous case of a guy in a wheelchair being badgered about not standing up for the anthem. And it just, it started, it got ridiculous. I, 
think it's still going on. I'm not really sure if they like decided to stop it, but I feel like anthems quickly become a tool of like nationalist governments to try and, you know, force a reaction. And it's just not worth it. Just can the whole thing, you know, like just let people. I mean, it in this country, of course, is from baseball and World War Two. So. Anyway, let's move on to talking about, as we were talking about, the Red Stars versus the Spirit. Rose Lavelle opening up the scoring very early. Yeah, Rose Lavelle uh, runs it all the way up the pitch, and she gets the rebound goal uh, after passing it to her striker, who wasn't able to make it in. Uh, then the second half started out just as well. Ashley Hatch scores one in the 46th minute. She steals the ball from Nair and just puts it away, and uh, Washington Spirit get a 2-0 lead. That was the goalkeeper error that I was referring to with Nair. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. She she has the ball in her hand. She drops it to, to, you know, play it out and just does not see Hatch coming from the side. Like, that lack of awareness. I think this is the kind of, like, sluggishness that, Caleb, you were talking about earlier that comes in when, when you haven't played a competitive game in so long. I mean, we forget NWSL players haven't played, what is it, like, eight months? It's It's been a long time. And, I mean, we all know that Alyssa Nair is a great goalkeeper she's the u.s number one for a reason but more with mistakes like this and their with her club team i mean rachel trader was here talking since singing the praises of aubrey Bloodsoe, who yeah had a fantastic game in this game so she's not number one with a bullet you know she's she has people behind her gunning for a job and doing a better job at right now but again, too early to tell. This is the first game yeah. of a tournament that where every team's gonna advance to the knockout stages. So, but watch, listen there. She she responds to this. She did make a mistake. It's hard for goalkeepers to pass. They're not hard, but good goalkeepers should forget about it and just move on. So, the next game, if there's more jitters, then we should be worried. Now, the next goal was scored by Morgan Got Got. Go, I don't know if it's Gautrat or Gotro. G A T. R.A.T. And the commentator called her the former Morgan Bryan, which, like, I, I, linguistically, I understand why they say the former. But still, it just sounds like it's, like, a former superhero who's decided not to be, like, you know, wear their costume anymore or something like that. <clears throat> or, like... It's a prince. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's what's what you described. And I don't know if there's prince. a better way to put it. You know, if it's, like... Uh, because you have to mention the the former name because that's how you know they they've been had their goals called for so long so it, it makes sense but it just sounded awkward to me and anyway but anyway Morgan maybe this great finish by her though yeah, yeah the former Morgan Bryant pulled one back 15 minutes not enough though for for Washington Spirit who went two one winners in that game uh, today's game that you will undoubtedly have watched something from because there were some incredible goals in this game was Houston versus Utah Royals. The Dash only managing a 3-3 draw. I mean, I don't know what you mean by only. These teams, <laughs> like, this was going to be a close game coming in, and this game had just about everything. Only meaning uh, that they were 3-1 up and then somehow conceded two goals to to get the draw. That's true, but they did come from behind. Uh, Utah scored first in third, fifth minute. Uh, Amy Rodriguez takes it up the right and just tees it perfectly in for Deanna Matheson, uh, who normally needs like one touch to put it away. So they Utah started off in the lead, uh, but right before the end of, of first half in extra time, Dash were able to equalize. Lasko drove it to the box and cuts back, and there's Daly who just puts it away. Uh, 
Then they the, the dash continued off that momentum. Like they came into the second half ready to score within two minutes. Uh, Christine May, Christine Mewis uh, gets a corner and Daly heads it right in. So it's, suddenly they're up two. Uh, also around this point, Daly gets a hat trick that's denied. Uh, this is where the controversy comes in because Amy Smith, uh, Utah's goalkeeper, drops the ball. It bounces before she's about to, to about to punt it. And Daly blocks it, steals it, and puts it away. The ref doesn't see that the ball bounced. It doesn't call it a goal, which is okay because several minutes later, Shea Groom scores for the dash, make, making it 3-1 in the 67th. Game over, right? <laughs> right. It should have. <laughs> it should have been. Like, at this point, I'm like, dash have it. Like, they were they were pressing so much. I thought they had it. Uh, but as we were talking about how teams aren't ready, the defense and dash aside, like, Oyster gives up a handball, which gives a free kick. To Veronica would, would Bouquet. Oyster give up a shell ball, not a handball? <laughs> I mean, you would hope so, and then it wouldn't be called, but sadly it was. Uh, Veronica Bouquet, like, beats the wall. She, like, curves it around perfectly uh, to make it 2-1. This was in the 81st minute. Now Utah Royals are, like, pressing hard. 80th minute, the Royals get another free kick, uh, which uh, King heads in she had just been subbed on it's her first professional game she gets her first goal and what a way to like have it to bring a draw in your first game 3-3 zero king getting the draw there as you said and i wanted to ask you rachel daly got injured yeah she got uh, like it looked like something in her groin or like something with her right leg Oof, she walked off the pitch mm. um which is a shame because <laughs> she was like that main main threat from the dash yeah well, we'll hope for the best for her. Tonight, your old rain playing uh, a game, and which our listeners will have uh, watched before <laughs> listening to our podcast. Would you like to predict what happens? I'm a little nervous because like, we now have had two upsets, right? We've had Chicago being upset, and now you can say Utah Royals were upset because they're ranked higher. I'm worried that the rain might be upset by the new Sky Blue. Yeah, they're your dark horse <laughs> pick, so... We'll see. We'll see um, what happens. And we'll come back to you with more NWSL next week. It's shaping up to be a pretty fun tournament so far. Let's talk about MLS, where we talked to you last week about the format. And I was all like, you know, Yahoo Soccer says that to equalize the format, you need to do blah blah And then very next morning before our podcast goes on, MLS is like, oh, yeah, the third-place team in Group A, they automatically qualify for the round of 16. Now that fourth-place team is in the, like, thing with all the other third-place teams in the table to decide who goes through out of those guys. Essentially, they put all the changes that the Yahoo guy um, suggested. I wonder if he was like, Yahoo, when he saw that. Anyway. I hope they called him into the room and he was like, the math is indisputable. And they were like, no, no, no. And they're like, no, the math. And he like points to an actual whiteboard. <laughs> it's just like filled with numbers. <laughs> then it's like a beautiful mind. The numbers start like coming off the like board and like floating around his head. Suddenly he's got like characters that are only in his brain showing up. It's more like that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where there's red strain everywhere and he has smoking seven cigarettes in one hand. <laughs> There's Pepe Sylvia. Pepe Sylvia. MLS teams have reported to Orlando, and some of these players who have reported to Orlando report some very disappointing meals. Omar Gonzalez tweeting a picture of a boxed meal he got that had a sandwich, which, I mean, I'm no sandwich expert, but that wasn't exactly a generous helping of meat and cheese in the sandwich, okay? It was a very basic sandwich 
with a tiny little cup of potato salad and a banana, uh, the menu said it was $65. I mean, it's one banana, Michael. What did it cost? $10. <laughs> Uh, that's great. There's always money in the banana stand. Uh, I mean, the teams are probably going to have to raid the banana stand for money. They're paying for $65 for that kind of box meal. I mean, it's ludicrous. Beyond the just cost of it, that's not enough calories for a soccer player, I don't think, man. No, absolutely not. That is I mean, a gas station sandwich. That's, that is the last gas station sandwich to be picked up by somebody. That's the one that sat there for like four hours and people putting around it, moving around it with the one that was underneath it. It's a sad sandwich. And then that is, so- like, that is a stomach issue waiting to happen. So someone in MLSPR was like, you know what, guys, I got a solution. Let me call like some folks in the media and be like, listen, those are box dinners. The players don't have to pay for them, number one. Number two, they're only for players who missed lunch. Ha ha, problem solved. And then we're like, so you're saying that the players were probably working too hard because they were working through lunch, get shitty meals. Mm. And so, and it's not the players who are getting, who are overpaying. It's the teams in this f- sport that is famously flush with money. Um, anyway, they're fucking Disney resorts. I don't know. I've never stayed at a Disney resort. I expect $65 box lunches with sandwiches. That's kind of a normal thing. Uh, let's move on, shall we? Have you ever seen a Disney resort? No. Actually, you know what? No, I, I have stayed at Disney resort. I clogged the toilet. I remember now. Good. I was a child, and I was like playing with the toilet paper and just like threw all of it into the thing and flushed. Good. It was yeah. So they probably hate me down there. That's why they didn't invite me. You know who is invited though? Seattle's. Uh, Shandon Hoppo, who hoppos into the first team following five years with the academy and Tacoma Defiance. He's the 16th homegrown player signed to Seattle. Last year, he was able to make th- a 32-minute appearance as a substitute after agreeing to a short-term agreement with the team after Sounders had qualified for an extreme hardship clause because the team had all those injuries last year. They only had, they had less than four, 14 outfield players. Um, so... So that had happened, because I was like, why is there a picture of him playing a competitive match against the Rapids in a Sounders jersey? It doesn't make any sense. And then, you know, the, the, there was a bulletin board next to me with all these numbers, all these characters that are in my head. Came and started explaining the situation. The numbers were floating around me. There was red string everywhere. Pepe Silvia showed up. Was one of them Paul Bettany? Uh, how do you know this? <laughs> I'm Because he's behind me right now. Oh, crap. No. <laughs> It's happening. Something else that happened is that Juninho, not that one, if you're like me and have followed Brazilian football for a few years, you know at least one other Juninho, if not many more. Uh, Well, MLS Juninho, he has retired at 31. He was with the Galaxy last, I believe. And another bit of news, the Charlotte MLS team. Remember them? They were announced. Really? Was that like, how long ago was that? Ages ago. It was I mean, the it was before, before times. Before times, so at least seven <laughs> years. Times. At least seven years. Exactly. Well, they're still going to start. Apparently, they have a name. We don't know it. I hate announcements like that. Oh, they have a horrible name. name. <laughs> it's a horrible name. We don't know it. <laughs> it's not even like catchy. It's hard to chant. 
They they should Dumb. use that for FC Cincinnati and the and people are like, what do you not know how to hire a coach? Okay. Um, or play defense or insert your own joke here. Honestly, exactly. At yeah. this point, it's too easy. It really is. Hey, speaking about too easy to mock things, uh, Inter Miami have signed MLS veteran Brett Shea. Oof, duh. He looks like he's gonna be in the you know Kalasar of Caldrogo and get a melted crown poured on his head. Like that is his look right now. He's it's actually extremely. He's actually extremely happy to be down in Orlando with the social distancing because on the bench, no one can kick his chair. <laughs> Pretty Martinez is just looking at at him. From the other side of the the field, being like, "Ah, oh, wish I was on Inter Miami squad." He has so a blow up wreck in front of him, just kicking him to. <laughs> oh, blow up wreck! That's gonna haunt my dreams for a little bit. Uh, Leandro Gonzalo Perez, yeah. also signed by Inter Miami, former Atlanta player. Um, just a all around shithousery player. Yeah, he's well, a watching red card. He's, I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You can say anything you want about former Atlanta players. That's okay. No problem. Unless they like are instrumental in defeating Atlanta and knocking them out of the playoffs. And in that case, I don't want to hear a fucking bad thing about any of them. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about the fact that MLS has announced 18 players, 6 staff members have tested positive for coronavirus a day ago. Um, this is difficult. It's, it's difficult to know how seriously to take something as a fan like news like this you know there's a lot of people down there inevitably some of them are going to test positive it's still a couple of weeks uh well more like eight days Ooh, that's not a couple of weeks is it <laughs> no it's not yeah I mean, so time, apparently, time is meaningless in, in, in this world it's true but these these folks who tested positive have been isolated in special like areas of the hotel or something like that like they're they're in an isolation area on their own uh, apparently getting $65 boxed lunches then probably you yeah. but um, it, I mean yeah it's crazy this these guys are all in this like massive hotspot for corona and supposedly they're in a bubble we don't know how much of that bubble works I've seen people compared the bubble to like a condom with hole po- holes poked in it uh, I believe that was Hercules Gonzalez although he might have been Hercules Gomez although he might have been quoting somebody else on that and yeah i mean it just this, this whole situation just feels like it could go so many different ways and i you know emerald city supporters in seattle yesterday coming out with like a, a statement asking for mls to suspend the season again i don't know it's i don't personally have a view on it we've talked many times about how this just feels like it's a it's a really tough thing to have feelings on what do you think guys do you remember that famous soccer game that happened uh, between both sides during World War One, where they decided to like, you know, they called the ceasefire and they had, you know, they, they they had their game. You had a better chance as a soldier getting out of that war than you do as a player in Orlando, like not getting COVID right now. That's my thoughts on it. Florida's a hotspot. They're getting, they're breaking records every single day with new COVID cases. Um, their governor is a fucking moron who doesn't, who, he just sucks. And we're putting a bunch of players into a small space. This tournament should not be happening. It shouldn't. 
It should not be happening. Everything that comes out of this about this tournament is disheartening. The test positive, the way that players are being fed apparently is a huge issue now because they're being fed just scraps at this point. It's it's a fucking clown show in Orlando right now. It it's it shouldn't be happening. They're putting everyone in danger. And if I was a player who got sick, I would be looking for a legal recourse towards the lead and the team that I was a part of. For I sure. Mean, I cannot believe that there aren't ironclad agreements about that sort of thing at this point. But, like, I mean, we've seen players who have underlying conditions of one sort or another that have gone on diagnosed. And in normal times, they've had major issues. Um, Chick Teode comes to mind. Vasta oh, in China. And, like, you just wonder, what if there's one of those players over there right now who has some sort of congenital condition? And what if they're the ones who, who has to fight off COVID, you know? It's just, yeah. I don't know. I, I, at the same time, you know, it's these are jobs for people. And I find it difficult to... To, to, to call for those those people not to get paid like that that's really tough for me and and if the, you know there is a players association and I, I think for me if the players association says something needs to stop if the players get together and they say no we can't do this or even the, even a subgroup of players that that's that's saying it I, I think I'd go with them on that and that's where I'm falling on this whole situation but it's tough man it's real tough um, to know what what's right and what's wrong. And uh, I, I appreciate Caleb York kind of very strong take on the situation. So, um, Colin Warner has signed with Colorado. So that was a thing that happened. Hey, let's talk about less controversial things in a segment that we call, some might say. In this segment, we talk about Minnesota United FC and a few things we might want to say. Uh, we might want to talk about the fact that Minnesota United furloughed and or fired, not and or, and fired all of their academy staff. So four staff fired, including the academy director, Tim Carter, who had come to the uh, academy from Shattuck St. Mary's in 2016. One staff member has been put on furlough. There are inconclusive reports about what's happening to the kids. Uh, Andy Greeter of the Pioneer Press reporting that some of the kids had been able to join other Academies, um, I have seen some parents say that they have been unable to get their child um, released, but uh, it's that's unconfirmed. I don't, I just don't know the, the, the facts around that situation. So um, it it's it's a it's a, what I can say is that there is no clarity going forward on what's going to happen. There have been some vague quotes from Annie Lagos talking about how this is a an opportunity to do something different. It's also, I should say that the team has said, this, the team statement said that like many businesses across the country, Minnesota United is a significant negative financial impact caused by global COVID pandemic. As a result of these unfortunate circumstances, the club has unfortunately had to make some difficult decisions. Those include some staff reductions to our full-time workforce. MLS requires teams to have a academy. They are starting a new youth development platform that Minnesota United and Shattuck St. Mary's were two representatives of. They announced today that they're accepting applications from other elite academies to participate in this platform as well. Um, this is, of course, seen as kind of a 
if not a, a replacement, then a stopgap for the 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 after the closure of the US SF Development Academy program, which closed down in April. And so Minnesota United has to have some sort of academy set up, and I it's unclear when, but they're gonna have to get it back. Um Are you waiting for us to say something? No, no, no. I, I wasn't waiting, but if you want to jump in, jump yeah, in, man. Um, the fact that Tim Carter and the first team had no relationship is ridiculous. The f- it, it's, it's ridiculous. that The head of your, your academy didn't ever talk to whoever was in charge of player movement or even like anyone in the first team because... Fred Emmings signed recently. He's not going to be ready for a while because he's a goalkeeper, and they peak at different at later times in outfield players. But still, what if there's another player that Tim Carter said, "Oh, this guy could, you know, train with the first team." Who does he talk to? Who does he tell that to? There was no, no go between, and like, like it's you got to have some sort of conversation with. Within your club, you can't have people just doing their own thing, thinking, this is probably fine that I'm doing this, with no one telling them otherwise. And then also, like, I have a whole problem with developmental academies in the first place because they're so expensive. It just right away limits your player pool. You're not getting the best talent in the cities. I guarantee that. Yeah. You're getting the people who can pay the most. We're one or two MLS teams best. that have pay-to-play academies. Um, oh, yeah. It's us in D.C. I, forget I, I might be talking about ass there, but... Hey, we're... before you keep going, Caleb, I just want to give a shout-out to Jeff Ruder and Paul Tenorio. A bunch of the information that we're going to share today has come from them, um, the, fa- the facts, and they broke the story as well. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. And whether or not this team believes that the academy can help them in the future, you don't know that until you have the players in there. You don't know that until you're scouting and developing players. Because a player who might look like nothing when he's 13 could be something great when he's 18. Um, and the fact that, again, the pay-to-play is absolute bullshit. It it locks people out. There's a lot of things said when uh, Clint Dempsey retired. Like, oh, we'll never have another Dempsey. Well, if you want another Dempsey, you have free soccer academies and free development academies. Because he grew up poor in Texas. And was lucky enough to play for a development academy that, in light, developed that way through not expensive playing. It's it's ridiculous that, uh, you want I don't understand thing. the reasoning behind it. You're you're a professional soccer team. You make money other ways. Stop gouging parents and stop gatekeeping your academy. I think so, the the response sorry, that they would have to that would be that they spent two hundred million on a stadium and didn't get any funding for it so how I, much I'm, is bill mcguire worth let's still start there and we can work our way down but i feel I no mean, sympathy for people that are just taking advantage of kids like that i they, so so charles boehm on jason davis's show that the said that the academy spend each year was 2.5 million bucks and i also read brian corsett on reddit brian has been somebody who's followed minnesota soccer for a very long time, multiple decades. He no longer is reporting on Minnesota soccer, but you know, he, I, I trust that he knows what he's talking about. 
where he's saying that it's kind of there are places in this country where the player pool is ripe for getting the next Clint Dempsey or the next superstar. Minnesota has traditionally not been seen that way. And maybe that's a problem of just focus. Maybe if we had an MLS team with a free academy um, making themselves known, that problem would fix itself. I don't know. Uh, I I will say that it, it is kind of foolish to have an academy where, just like you were saying, you're not having some the, the first team talking to the academy, the only so so Drew and Tenorio's article they quoted an anonymous academy employee saying that the only conversation someone from the first team had had with the academy was the goalkeeping coach Stuart Kerr talking about Fred Emmings. That's ridiculous. How do you not have an eye on anybody else or like talking about any future needs? You know which players are coming down the pipeline, who you need to sign in order to make way or to train one of the younger. Like I don't know. Put put the younger players in. <laughs> I'm not a fucking youth coach, okay? I don't know the right way to do this or, like, what the right things are. But, like, to have zero connection to me when you're spending two and a half million dollars a year, like, what are you do- – why were you doing that? Like, and if, you're, if you're just going to fire everybody after th- three or four years anyway, you just – might as well just bring that money, flush it on the toilet. Right. It's, 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 it's wasted now. If you burn bridges with the parents of the kids who had their kids playing in the developmental academies, you think they're going to go back if there's another academy? Absolutely not. I'm sure some will, but like that that's a damaged relationship between the club and the parents of the kids who were in the academy. Yeah. I'm glad you yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it is like you're this move is losing faith with the fans and with the families and players. And Nobody nobody's going to have we're losing trust. With any future prospects, especially. Yeah, and how many pl- players who played in the development academy is how many of their parents were season ticket holders? How many of their parents bought tickets to game if they didn't have season tickets? Like, the I mean, ramifications of this are... It's, it's, it's long-lasting damage to the club and its reputation. I think the the other aspect of this that, that really needs to be, be talked about a little bit is... Um, the fact that you're required to have one. <laughs> you're, you're, exactly. you're so, you're, you yeah. have to have one, and we're like, so not though. No, COVID's no, hard. But 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 but, but here, here here's the other thing, which is that if you're required to have one, you know you're gonna have to get this back, right? There were discussions. That, again, there were there was some reporting in Ruder and Tenorio's piece that said that some of these discussions about. resetting the academy or changing the format or whatever had happened pre-COVID. In that case, why don't you announce this stuff? You come out and say, hey, we've done this thing. Here's our plan. Don't panic. Like, why isn't Minnesota United framing this discussion? Because the first thing people said was, oh, God, it's gone forever. And we still don't absolutely know whether it's gone forever or not because there is some ambiguity around mls you know they're starting the new platform all this other stuff like things could change with their requirement who knows but why not come out and frame the discussion tell us what you're gonna do like give us some plan tell us like okay this is coming back we're recruiting talented personnel here's how we change things here's what we did things this is a yet another time that something controversial has happened and we have no like nothing to go on and I am all for, like, seeing what happens in the long run and analyzing it then. Like, sitting here, you know, there were signings we've made that people have been like, man, that's a shit signing. And then it turns out to be a great signing. And, you know, 
typical, right? Like it happens to every soccer team. But with a situation like this, where you're making a big change, tell us how it's going to go. Tell us what your plans are. I mean, something as simple as, hey, the relationship between the academy and the first team was kind of broken in this situation. So we've made these changes, which is why we think we're confident. I, I don't know if that would even like how that would play. But like, tell us something. It's it's just all that we get to see. And this is to your point, Caleb, about broken relationships. All we get to see is a broken relationship where the, the families get a, you know, their kid who they, they're, you know, they spend a lot of money developing their kids' interests, nurturing their talent. They just get like uncertainty. And, and that's, that's not what a parent wants to see. I will say that we should know by now the reason why Minnesota hasn't come out and clarified a lot of things for us is because they're waiting for us to record and then they'll break the news in 10 minutes after we're done. We're at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, so set your alarm for like 8 o'clock. When is your press release usually done? Like 8 or 9 in the morning? 8 or 9, yeah. Will say, McGuire, yeah. Eric Durkee, massive listeners of We Call It Soccer. They are $1,000 to Patreon patrons. That's why I don't criticize Atlanta anymore. <laughs> God, I wish they were. <laughs> uh, yeah, so ten o'clock. Expect their article to be up, and you know, from the athletic on Twitter and everything. So, and I mean, <laughs> to, 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 you know, on a serious note, at that point, Sasha, this is not a story that needs to have a unhappy ending, right? Like, yeah, there could be a great new, like, whatever, and like, you know, they, we've changed it all for the better. Now we have like all of these great new resources, whatever. I don't know. Like, things could go well from this. It's just that the uncertainty is killing us, and this seems to happen repeatedly. Like, there's just a lot of uncertainty, I and mean, just have a plan. Like, tell us what's going oh, on. Yeah, well, Minnesota loves to play with, the, like, the fans' uncertainty. I, I swear, it's their own game. They just love to see us sweat. Well, I, I don't know about that, because I, I, I feel like they probably don't like social media blowing up at them. It's just not good for, like, anybody. I know I get sick of it. Because it's just like, not in the sense of like, ah, stop criticizing the team, you guys, but more like, it's just annoying to be involved in a situation that there's a whole bunch of negativity all so many times, you know, like, it's just not necessary. So, so, so I should, I should put down my pitchfork and let them give them an opportunity to explain, or should I be, oh, where's the torches? (laughs) (laughs) Curtains, oh no. (laughs) Those sirens 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right let's, let's do just a little bit of uh american soccer lower league soccer news in the segment that we call friends in low places in this segment it's time to check in with our friends in low places the u.s lower leagues uh one bit of well two bits of news number one coming news coming out of usl league one is that they have got an agreement to resume the agreement apparently looks remarkably similar to the one that the USL Championship signed with its players. Turns out there are probably not going to be any wage cuts or anything like that, which is pretty great. Unfortunately, the second piece of news not as encouraging. USL side Louisville City FC is set to open their stadium versus Pittsburgh on July 12th with fans. No. Louisville, look at me. Louisville? No. Put it down. Down. No. Bad team. Go in the corner. I mean... Caleb makes a, an excellent point. Like, I implore anybody, <laughs> like, 
I mean, away Pittsburgh team like fans don't go for the weight trip. Obviously, like don't get don't do that. But like Louisville, even if you are the like the biggest super fan, stay home for your own safety. Uh, apparently, the capacity for this game is going to be fifty percent of the fifteen thousand three hundred and four seats. So what's that? Uh, Seven thousand one hundred and fifty chances for somebody to be positive. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Where's this blackboard <laughs> you're doing all these calculations with? Okay, jeez. Um, yeah, it's um. Oh wait, I did that wrong though. Yeah, literally. Seven thousand six hundred fifty-two. Exactly. I missed the five hundred. Yeah. I can math also. <laughs> um. Yeah, d- d- this is bad. Let's yeah. not have fans in the stadiums, huh? Nope. Um. Oh, man, I will, just before we go to break, I am, it is so hard to make choices sometimes on just a daily basis. Like, should I go to the grocery store? Should I, like, have a beer? And, and, this is before COVID, uh, by the way. Like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> do you want to see people? Ugh, people. <laughs> No, but seriously, it's just so hard to make a decision at the individual level. And sometimes when it comes to big decisions, like, you know, the institutional decisions, I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm getting my head turned. But like with something like this, inviting 7,600 people or whatever it is into a stadium, this is like, obviously, no, don't fucking do it. Oh, man. Oh, man. If you or someone you loved was at Louisville City Stadium on July 12th, Please tell them to go immediately go get tested. Like, that's what's going to happen. Anyway, let's take a break. We shall return with uh, some interesting news from England. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. It's time. It's time. We've been waiting this whole time. To hear from Caleb, and we're gonna do it in a segment we call the Ludicrous Display. Ray, he's kicked the ball. Now the ball's over there. The thing about the Premier League is that they always try to walk it in, and in this segment we talk about the latest from the United Kingdom. Caleb, take it away. Um, so FA Cup was a sweet. No, I'm kidding, guys. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> with you. Liverpool won the goddamn title. Thirty years. It's taken thirty years to win the their. 19th top division trophy. Um, last was in 1990, obviously. I wasn't alive back then. Feel old yet? Ha. Huh. <laughs> um, hey, I'm going for it. <laughs> um, it's just a fantastic season. Um, I became a fan back in 2011. It's nine years ago when I bought a Saturday jersey at a rummage sale on a whim for some dumb camp thing. I was I worked at a summer camp that summer and uh, probably around probably nine years and two week, weeks ago this happened. And I just started following the team and I didn't know what kind of journey I was in for. Um, you know, I started learning about the history with Kenny Dog Leash and um uh, Michael Owen and Jamie Terrider and Daniel Adder and Dirk Toit. And then learning about um, 20, 
three with the Champions League final against the Miracle in Istanbul and learning about the fall we took after that and how since 2011 it's been like, oh yeah, this guy's good. Who's that? Luis Suarez. Okay, interesting. Okay, tool. He's starring goals. Tool, tool, tool. And we, oh, he bit somebody. Shit. He's gone. And then <laughs> like watching and, yeah, and watching like, huh. The other guy I bought jerseys with, he bought a Chelsea jersey. They're doing well. Huh. My future wife is a Chelsea fan. I didn't know her that then, but <laughs> huh, maybe it's made a poor choice. And then I think probably my darkest moment as a Liverpool fan was the Champions League final against Real Madrid. Just I was so drunk in the hottest bar in the world and that the Dubliner just sad. And like this this is it. This is our big chance to win a trophy and we it didn't happen. I I didn't know what happened next year with victory over Tottenham, watching that with all Liverpool fans at the Blackheart of St. Paul, and then just watching games this season, it seemed it it's it was so different from watching Liverpool in the past because the games against Burnley and Crystal Palace that you oh it's a nil nil draw. Oh shit. Oh Burnley don't want the end. That would always happen at least once a year, at least once a season for Liverpool, where they'd just play like shit and lose to a uh, inferior team, for lack of a better term. And this year it didn't happen. There was that game against Aston Villa where stoppage time goal by Sadio Mane. There was a game against Norwich where we won 1-0. And then we were beating the big teams too. It was... It felt like a dream. It felt like watching Liverpool was just like a dream and what, like we're winning. It's actually happening. And then the pandemic happened and there was reports like we're going to cancel the season and I'll avoid it. It's like, no, don't, don't do that. Like safety <laughs> first, obviously safety first, obviously, but also like, give us the title. Give us the title. <laughs> and I'm, I'm glad it happened. I'm even happier that the, there haven't been at, I don't think there's been any positive tests since the league started. Um, so they're doing it in a safe manner. Um, I'm not happy with that. A bunch of people went out to Anfield on Friday during during the day after it happened that and celebrated and with each other and it's like just be safe if you're in Liverpool. Um, also, I'd like to thank uh, Captain America, the new one, uh, Christian Pulisic, for storing that first oldest Man City to give us a title. Um, my wife, who is a Chelsea fan, will be getting your jersey for Christmas. <laughs> you're not getting a Liverpool oh. Pulisic jersey. <laughs> no, I'm not that cliche. Come on. <laughs> do, do you have, has she hinted at which kit it's going to be yet? That's that's my big question. Which Chelsea kit? The blue one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they also have, they have the white and the black as well. Oh yeah, that's Two right. Others, I, I, think, I think it's the blue one. But get Chelsea blues. I'm getting. Uh, I think my parents are getting me the Trent Alexander Arnold home jersey from this year because it's my birthday in 17 days. So. He was that name that I think was really fun to watch this year. Oh, like, yeah. the, the little big names like you expected out of him, he was the one that was, like, brought that like surprise factor in a lot of games. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, he's twenty. Oh, shit. <laughs> when I was twenty, I you know tore my backpack in the in the parking lot of an Arby's because I shoved too many beers in it. <laughs> That kid's like putting up goals he's, from he's like, like st- <laughs> storing goals and doing much of charity in Liverpool. Yeah, much better than I am. 
Oh, that, what was I doing at 20? I was in Beloit, Wisconsin for the most part. Oh, there's that Arby's that used to be like over by TCF Bank Stadium. It's now like a high-rise apartment. But our friend bought me, my roommate, a case of, I think, Miller High Life or Bud Light. One of the two. And I didn't want to carry it in the box back to our apartment. So I shoved it into my backpack and tore one of the straps. Because it was too heavy. <laughs> I, I was carrying a six-pack once and uh, it dropped to the ground and two broke and all the others that uh, gaps popped. And so oh, no. all the people, all the people around me, I was like, "All right, y'all, drink up. Come on, I'm not letting this beer go to waste." And it's still like some people's enduring memory of me, yeah, in life is that I gave them. Fr- I, I made two friends that day, so oh, good. <laughs> it was actually a photograph too. I might show you guys the next time. I'm not going to show the listeners, only you guys. Yeah, show okay. the listeners on this audio medium. I I will give a shout out to my cousin who's been a Liverpool fan for a long, long, long time, as long as I can remember knowing him, and uh, he's down in Austin. Uh, he he is a bar that coincidentally he moved to a new place, and the the local pub is like a Liverpool bar, so he gets to walk there. And well, he used to in the, in the before times, you would walk there and watch Liverpool games. So, and I I've watched uh, I forget which game it was. I think it might have been the MLS game I watched over there with him once. So, shout out to him. I'm going to say uh, to Caleb, you're welcome as a Dortmund fan for producing both Jurgen Klopp and Christian Pulisic. Damn, yeah, good point. <laughs> really, it's, it's you they should be thanking. Um, I should we great. also be thanking Southampton for being our B team for so long and thanking Hull for having hey, some beastly hey, hey, hey. relegation release cause for Andy Robertson? Everybody's happy with you guys right now. Now is not the time to be, like, you know. Yeah, I. I've just been buzzing since Thursday, and it's just, yeah, I just can't stop smiling. Good. Very good. Very good. Very good. I will repeat a quote that somebody said that Liverpool takes 30 million players, 30 million dollar players, or 30 million pound players, whatever, and makes them 130 million pound players, whereas other teams take 130 million pound players and make them play like 30 million pound players. Great freaking coach. And I think it was specifically about, instead of Liverpool, I think it was about Jurgen Klopp specifically as a coach. He's a fantastic manager, getting the best out of a lot of signings that other teams would have just faded away. Yeah. And, yeah, let's just leave it at that, okay, for for English soccer this week. I'm sure there's other stuff that happened, probably. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) Lidor Sané signed with uh, Manchester City. That is something to mention. Oh, signed uh, with Bayern Munich from Man City. Bayern Munich. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. That's, yep, backwards. And uh, David Lewis helped uh, Arsenal <laughs> move into move further in the cup. Yeah, that's the that's the Arsenal accountant, right? Hi, I'm David Lewis. Yes. You, well, will you remember when Thierry Henry was Monaco coach and we called him Terry Henry, and then when. David Villa wasn't doing so well towards the end of his time at NYCFC, and he was David Villa. <laughs> so I, th- I think it's it's David Lewis for a little while before he goes back to David Luiz, but we'll see, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's got to earn earn it back. Yeah, when will how how can you earn a back, Sasha? Oh, anything short of winning the FA Cup, like he'll never get it back unless they do that. <laughs> uh... All right, let's move on to a segment that we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already. Hey, news that's relevant to Americans. Jesse Marsh, former Red Bull New York coach, 
has won the Austrian League and Cup double with Red Bull Salzburg. I have it on good authority from Caleb that they are not Rosenball Sport Salzburg. They are, in fact, Red Bull Salzburg. And then moving just across the border from Austria into Germany, the Bundesliga top four are now fixed. Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig, and Mugladbach tips final Champions League spot. So, hey, good for them. Leverkusen, Hoffenheim, and Wolfsburg are in the Europa League spots. Düsseldorf and Paderborn are relegated. Bremen will face Heidenheim in the relegation playoffs. Shout out to the social media manager for Hamburger SV who tweeted out, if you don't beat SV, I forget the name of the team now, SV whatever at home and you lose 3-1, you don't deserve to get promoted. Congratulations to Heidenheim. So, hey, good, good job, Heidenheim. Uh, uh we haven't didn't mention uh Schalke and all of that. Uh they went into the Black Forest and haven't been seen since the start of COVID. Yep. They Someone save Rustin McKinney, please. It's it's basically twenty four, you know, those South Korean sex dolls that they had in the stands. That is basically Jesus. Schalke's lineup that they just line up on the pitch and then the other team gets to go and score. Yeah, okay, so that that's uh, news from Germany. Any other interesting things from the wide world of soccer that you want to talk about, yeah? No? Nine? Not really? Well, N- no. No, okay, all right. Well, I will thank our patrons on Patreon again. Thank you for being you. Thank you to our uh, League Commissioner tier patrons on uh, Specifically, we really appreciate you, Eric Olson. Thank you for being. Hi, a Dad. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to call him commissioner. I'm not going to call you commissioner. Well, we can't have multiple, can we? Because there can be multiple league commissioner to your patrons. But yeah, but like I'm going to see him next weekend. I'm not or this Friday. I'm not going to call him commissioner when I see him. Well, Caleb, either you call him commissioner or I call him Dad, but it has to be one. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the good people where they can find you on Twitter, huh? Uh, I'm at Olson 716 I might have a new brother, I guess. You can uh, do worse. Yeah, I did. Special thanks to uh, Tectonics for these of their song. Less lists the theme music. Check them out on Facebook, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And you can find me on Twitter at PickupLine. That's L-I-O-N. Uh, I recently restarted my personal Twitter at LockStockSpock. I don't know what I'm going to tweet from there other than asking Excel Energy when they're going to turn the electricity back on. So follow me if you want. I don't know. And uh, you can find this podcast at TW United Fans on Twitter, TW United Fans on Instagram. No TikTok. Sorry. We don't trust the Chinese government. No, that's not true. But we just don't have a TikTok. We're not that creative. Actually, we are. But maybe we should have a TikTok, guys. Have you thought about it? We're this? not that young. No, that's no. right. Okay, yeah. And you are making fun of me for being old asshole. I think we should just not trust any government right now. Okay, all right. Except New Zealand's. There's that meme, right? They're trust cool. no one, not even yourself, and it's just this like poorly photoshopped picture of the guy standing behind himself with a gun. Um, <laughs> that's basically yep. us right now. All right. Um, well, you can find this podcast and find podcast providers everywhere. We really appreciate when you tweet about us and tell your friends to listen about us and post on Reddit about us. Thanks again for listening. We shall come back to you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Rest in peace, Carl Reiner. Yeah,
this will all be cut out, hopefully. If not, you know, just like our extended discussion within the discussion. Behind you know? the scenes. Yeah. It's raw. It's unedited. Unplugged. Sexy. Yeah. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> my little big boy. Triple X to United fans. Don't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs>